back to another episode of Film Junkies with Griffin Trey. As always, I'm Trey Sobolewski. And I'm Griffin Schroeder. And uh, that's that's what we're on today. A yeah. different a multiverse. level. A different verse. Yeah, sure. Multiverse, yeah. Great transition into oh, yes. this episode, which we're both extremely excited about. Um, you heard Trey a couple times mentioned in previous episodes, and, and myself actually, uh, talking about this movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's it's one that I've been wanting to talk about for a while here, but we wanted to obviously get a few episodes in to talk about some of our older favorites and whatnot. And uh, this serious favorites, right. Oscar favorites, yeah. And we're we're huge favorites. we're huge Marvel and superhero guys. Yeah, I I know I've said it before. I am extremely into Marvel films. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if there's many people that are that nerd out as much as I do on these, yeah. you know, the, the entire Marvel universe. I'm, I've, I've so restarted my, uh, I was telling I know you, you have quest into rewatching all of them. Yeah. I'm through, that... I'm through phase one, just in case anybody cares. <laughs> <laughs> we'll track that next week. We'll see yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but uh, yeah, this, this is the latest, uh, addition. I mean, ex- aside from Captain Marvel, but yeah, but, uh, this is a little bit different. This is almost like a side project. Right, because it doesn't follow that timeline. Yeah, at all. it's it's not with uh, you know Captain America, it's not with uh, Tom Holland, Spider Man. Right, um, all of those people are you know in a in a different universe. <laughs> um, I guess at some yeah. point they could almost converge. Could. Um, I you know that seems like way too much of a mind right explosion. But um, yeah, this is completely on its own, and uh, it follows. Um, a new Spider-Man mm-hmm. and uh, a couple other Spider-Men right. and women and animals. Animal, yeah, spider animals. Spider pig, <laughs> spider pig does whatever a spider pig does. Yeah. Uh, so, so this one, like we said, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse is. I have said it since the first time that I saw it. It's one of those that we mentioned how I said it in the Star Is Born episode when I see a movie in like the first couple minutes, I'm like, oh wow, this this movie's gonna be incredible. This is the same thing. I, I when I, I was in the theater watching I this. I agree. Yeah, I went and splurged on the uh the Dolby Atmos uh surround whatever the big screen is with the recliner seats because I just saw so many great reviews leading up to it and I was like, Alright, let's see if the hype is real because I'm a Spider Man fan, but I mean, I haven't. I, I mean, I love Homecoming. I love that one, but yeah, I I, yeah. I haven't had like a Spider-Man movie that got me to be like Spider-Man's one of my favorite superheroes. Uh, just personally for me, Ye- yeah. Um, but I, like Iron Man's my favorite superhero. So I was I've gonna say that. I think that we've grown up in a weird, weird pocket of a generation where it's like we're a, almost a little bit too young for Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, we kind of missed. I, I, we didn't miss the boat, but they missed the boat on uh, what was it? What was the second Spider-Man's name? Um, Andrew Garfield. Or Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I think they kind of missed the boat on that one. They missed they, it, not they, us. <laughs> they kind of screwed up the timing of that because he. I mean, yeah. they had to re- reboot it again with Tom Holland. Well, uh, that that's a classic the... Sony thing, is because yeah. what happened if for any of our listeners who aren't as up to date with Marvel as we are, which is probably most of you, <laughs> um, the way that Marvel worked when they first started, if if you're not familiar, Stan Lee, uh, who passed away this this past year, rest in peace. Yeah, he was. Um, this movie is actually dedicated to him, uh, but he was one of the co-founders of Marvel, and he got to a point where he had so many ideas and was starting to get successful, but was not successful enough that Marvel was the brand it is today. And so kind of to keep the lights on, he had to start selling rights to some of his uh, characters that he had created. And Spider-Man ended, ended up being one of those uh, as well as the fantastic four, um, just to name, you know, the a couple X-Men. The X-Men. Yeah. And so what happened was they ended up selling the rights to those to different um, companies. And then those companies were in contracts that, stated essentially in the silver lining that if you don't create content having to do with these that's new and original uh after a certain amount of years the rights of those characters go back to marvel so that's basically why every 10 or so years probably under 10 years because i think their contract was actually a 10-year contract yeah you see a very subpar fantastic four movie yeah a trash one it's just like oh here's another one yeah. Because they just want to keep the rights to that franchise. Right. 
And that's something that you kind of see, you know, with the X-Men. The X-Men and the Avengers, I mean, that's all the same Marvel Universe. Yep. But because Marvel Studios does not own the right to the X-Men, they have to make up stuff with, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch being a mutant rather than Magneto's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it, but I told you, just, nerd. I told you. I told you. I know about. I know about this stuff. They just actually finalized the deal this past week to acquire 20th Century Fox officially, and so now uh, all the X Men, Deadpool, all of that content is yes, actually I back. Yes, I was just going. I yeah. was just going to bring that up. The only thing that I don't, you know, I have you read anything about uh, what the what the plan is for that? Because at this point, you can't just bring in Professor X. You can't just bring in Magneto, who, you know, they literally already introduced, uh, you know, his I, two kids. See, if it was in a perfect world Avengers for me, universe. what would happen is, uh, because at the end of Iron Man 2 in the post credit scene, he has this, he's shown to have this device that lets him hop through time. And so, uh, um, did I say Iron Man? Did yes. I say Iron Man? I meant to say Deadpool 2. Sorry. Yeah, I was like... No. So at the end of Deadpool 2, in the pro- post credit scene, he's shown to have this device that allows him to jump yeah, through time. Yeah, he cleans up the timeline. Yeah. He kills so, himself. For me, if I was the one writing all these things, I would have him jump back through time and then enter the Marvel Universe through that way and then help to save and the Avengers just, from Thanos. And then the, the editors of uh, you know Marvel Studios could just... Be like, yeah, he was here, and then just have like five <laughs> clips of him like fighting in yeah. New York, like just just clearly in the like, background eating chimichangas yeah, and riding you know, on a just, moped. Yeah, just doing nothing. Yeah, but I mean, that's exactly what you know, exactly what he would do. I mean, that's right. So if you guys can't tell, Excuse we me. love Spider-Man. Yeah, we, Spider- <laughs> we, we just completely got off on a tangent. Trey and I have been some actually somewhat hesitant to talk about superhero movies because we could make three-hour episodes yeah, that's, about that this. Was, I said when we initially came up with the idea for this podcast, I was like, oh, I want to do some Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And we haven't gotten around to it because we can't figure a good way to corner it. Yeah. Because we just keep talking and talking. Yeah. And talking. If we want to, I mean, we could do an episode about all the DC movies that are terrible because that would yeah, be easier and, to and trash. And we would just keep talking and talking, talking and, and talking. Talk. Well, yeah, never mind. That's not a great idea. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so let's get let's get back to the into Spider-verse. the Spider Verse. So it's a film that came out this past year. Um, it, in my opinion, it's one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. I would agree. I think that. Um, Coming from someone who Toy Story three is my favorite movie. Yeah, of all time. I was gonna say I, I'm trying to think of a Pixar movie that is better than this, uh, animation wise. Yeah, there is nothing that's well. Isn't that interesting this. that you say that you're trying to think of a Pixar movie because Pixar has always been like the highest. Well, they started it exactly, and so you, if you're already thinking of this movie to compare it to something for Pixar, you know it's on a different level from yeah, everything it's, else. So it's, it's on a different and plane. Yeah, it's on a different. Verse, it's on a different multiverse, <laughs> but uh, it's on a different speaking of, speaking of the animation, there that's something that I want to talk about. So, yeah. this film actually has a very unique style of animation, um, that essentially aims to make the viewer feel like they're in the pages of a comic book. Yeah, they literally said, um, they wanted you to feel like you walked into a comic book, right? Uh, Phil Lord, who is one of the um creators and then one of the, the co directors, I believe, of this movie, he uh essentially said that they combined the latest computer-generated animation it's technology... Actually a producer, sorry. A producer, yep. Uh, so they combined latest computer-generated animation technology with hand-drawn artistry. So uh, they said it was a very important to them that every frame of the movie was refined by the artist's hand after the visuals were rendered by computers. And so he's quoted as saying, if you freeze any part of the movie at any time, it'll look like an illustration with hand-drawn touches and all. So... Like, which we did do. Which we did and do. And you it, can t- yeah, you yeah. can tell. Yeah, and it's so that's that's from the standpoint of drawing things. Like they they made the artists come out and show their true you know talent through that, and then using the computer process as well. They actually essentially created their own form of animation where 
as they described it, I watched the the commentary version of the movie just because I because <laughs> I wanted to learn as much as I could. But they said they they created and then used a four color printing process uh, to create Which it. Already makes me think of a comic book, story. right? Like yeah. a printing process. Right. Of course, it's a, a comic they, book. Movie. Yeah. So they used that to create a depth of field for the movie, where they essentially like everything you see on screen has multiple layers to it. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, I, one of the first things that I said to Griffin when we first started talking about this movie was, um, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, you're kind of watching this movie that's in 3d, but it's not in 3d. Yeah. And, and I told you, I was like, dude, that's exactly what they said in the commentary. Like word for word, the people who created this movie said that's what they were going for. Oh so. man. It's almost like I went to college for this. <laughs> But with with that, I I want to say too that they're they created this animation in in something from someone that, that stands out to someone. To clear like that us. up, though, I just want to clear that up real quick. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not jarring to the eyes. Like if you were to take no, off three yeah, D glasses, like you don't it's not like, watch it. It's 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 cool. There's it's a, a different noticeable... feel to it. It draws your attention to the proper parts of the screen. Stuff right. Like that. I just want to clear up what I'm saying. It, it's no, not no, a, no. It's not a exactly. Because to, onto that drawing your drawing your vision to the certain parts. So the way that normal films work with the camera work, uh, if you're trying to focus on something or the director's trying to get you to focus on Lighting something and direction yeah, in, in the scene, there's those things that are played in and the camera itself will zoom or focus onto one thing. So everything else is blurry. In this film, there's actually no blurry shots. The way that they Which animate it... Which is weird it, because it does... You will pick up on that pretty quick. It seems yeah, like they're It blurry. seems like it is, but the way that they did it was using that process for depth of field. They created essentially multiple layers to everything that's on screen. And so, in order to draw your attention to a certain part of that scene, they took everything else in the in the scene and then kind of maneuvered those different layers to make things look offset and not blurry, but like altered to the point where, you know, that's not what you're supposed to look at, which is crazy to think about. And you find it pretty quick. I mean, it yeah. is, it's, oh, it's so cool. It's uncomfortable at first. Cause you're not really sure that that's what's supposed to be happening. You're not, yeah. you're not sure if you didn't bring your 3d glasses. You're not sure if, you know, your TV's off, but, um, it's it's just really cool how they point you in that direction with this being a comic book esque right uh, film. I mean, this is definitely something that they put a lot of time in. There was oh, over a hundred and eighty different animators that were, which that is were the most here. for Sony, correct? Correct, it is. And Sony realized that so much that they're currently uh, trying to get a patent on this animation style, uh, which obviously that says something to the fact that how original it is. I mean, I think that it, I think that it should, I, I, I don't see why they won't get that patent. Uh, right. Other than if somebody has done something relatively similar to this before, but, but I mean, I've, between the two of us, we've seen a whole lot of movies yeah, and I've, I've never, never seen anything seen, like this. One. I mean, I was trying to think of anything like Pixar or anything like that. That's done something like this. Uh, the only thing I can imagine is if it's some like short film, somewhere yeah. other than here that we've never heard about. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really cool animation. Uh, it, that's it's a what very it unique movie. Um, comes down to, but obviously, I mean, from the animation standpoint, it's incredible, but from, I mean, like a castless standpoint, it's, yeah, this is another, it's so packed, we keep talking man. about how star studded the movies are that we're talking about. This one is like very low key. Well, because they're all voice actors. Yeah. Um. This one has a ton of big names in it that you don't even realize at first. Right. I mean, you have a, like like we said, this movie focuses around Miles Morales, who is the main character and and who ends up being the the title Spider Man, I guess, in the film. But he's played by Shamik Moore, who he is an, an incredibly well known actor right now. I know him because I've seen him in a lot of the things he does. He's a great actor. Uh, he himself. was in he was in Dope. Dope, came yeah, out, which yeah, is a great 2013, movie. 2013, 14, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then we have Spider-Man, uh, who ends up being kind of his mentor in the film. is played by Jake Johnson, who plays... That's uh, Peter B. Parker. <laughs> yeah, who plays Which, Jake. I mean, come on. Okay, so... Are we are we going to do some spoilers here? Yeah, I okay. just so you guys know, this movie is... There's so many things in it that I want to talk about to explain why I love it so much as far as like Easter eggs, hidden things and how the movie was made, but it's hard to explain those things without 
yeah. specifically referencing scenes. That was, that was something that we, we wanted to make sure that was clear yeah. uh, before we hit the point. But to where... be fair, though, I, a lot of the things that I have to say, I don't know about you, Trey, like the things that I'm going to tell you guys in this episode, it's going to make watching that movie even more enjoyable because you're going to look for those things and then, you know, get another layer out of the movie. Yeah, I, I will opinion, agree with I that. Guess. But, I, I mean, I guess it would almost be like watch the movie first yeah, and then come uh, back and get the this is It's not going to be like The Sixth Sense where we're going to go ahead and tell you that Bruce Willis was not in the same uh, living state that you thought he was. Wait, Bruce Willis was? <laughs> he was Wait. dead the whole time. Wait, but then how's he in glass? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, like so, I, so hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, so spoilers. I don't know what that was, but spoilers. <laughs> we don't have enough money for sound effects. There was Trey's own. <laughs> um, so the first, the original Peter Parker Spider-Man, um, the not cocky, all-American, yeah. good Peter Parker, marries Mary Jane, yeah. isn't a douche. Has, has no issues that we see of him in the movie. Um, he's voiced by Chris Pine. Heartthrob. Oh. Oh. Love interest of Wonder Woman, and then, yep, it's, takes a lot there. Yeah. Um, the second, and you know, second more prominent, more Spider-Man prominent uh, Spider-Man is Peter B. Parker, which yeah. I'm just now realizing it's like he was the first Spider-Man, Chris Pine, and then there's Jake Johnson. Yeah. The B Spider-Man. The B Spider-Man, yep. <laughs> Peter, Peter B. Parker. Yeah, but you if know. you don't recognize by name Jake Johnson, you would have seen him in New Girl. New he Girl, He played yeah. Nick in New Girl. Yeah, and he's hilarious, and I think yeah. he was the perfect cast for this role. Oh, he's yeah, got he that, was, like, definitely. He's got that, older, kind of been through some crap. Yeah, you know, but also pretend like voice. I don't care about anything. Yeah, where, you know, yeah. you can tell that he, you know, could have, like, gone through a divorce and, like ate a lot of pizza and just like that was two years of his life kind of guy <laughs> but no he i'm he is very well cast in this role um uh, yeah. then we have uh Haley steinfeld who plays gwen stacy slash spider woman spider woman i'm not exactly gwen. sure i mean so she's when gwen they show St- her she's gwen stacy gwen, gwen stacy yeah but she's from a different multiverse uh where our universe where um she is the one who essentially is spider woman and then like Peter Parker is her best friend and blah, 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 and all this stuff. So they've kind of, re- and these are all based off actual comic book timelines. Yeah, and, like these uh, are I real mean, things. Even in the Andrew written. Garfield, Spider-Man, she was played by Emma Stone. Uh, Emma Stone. And they dated because of filming those movies. They dated for a few years. So I guess I got to start acting to date Emma Stone. Yeah. Be Spider-Man and okay. you'll get at least a couple of years. Um, uh, but hey, I want to say Haley Seinfeld too is an incredible actress. She's a musician as well. Yeah, she's you've got probably a heard course. of her. Um, she actually started. I remember first watching her. She was in a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, it was the remake of True Grit, uh, which was an old John Wayne movie, and it had uh, the remake had Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges in it. And she was played the younger child who, if you know the plot of that movie at all, it's a western movie where the the younger girl finds this kind of like off on his you know off the. I was just I trying to. I was trying, trying to, to place say. this movie. I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I, I don't know if I've seen it." But actually, it was just on the other night at the bar. <laughs> oh, was it really? <laughs> but it was with sound off. <laughs> oh, and it, I think what Matt Damon's in it. Uh, yeah, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Oh God, that guy's love Jeff Bridges. Oh my God, he's so awesome. I forgot he was a bad guy in Iron Man One. He's yeah. he's really good in that role yeah. as Jebediah or whatever his name is. Yeah, but what, no, Jebediah I, Wolf or something. Yeah, so Haley Steinfeld, she played. I was gonna say she played the younger, the daughter, and she's like maybe nine or ten years old. But she's incredible in that role, and she's nice and grown up now. She is. She's a looker, uh, but <laughs> she's more famous now for her for her music, which is awesome for her. Is that true though? I I don't know if I. Uh, uh... I mean, if you ask most people if they know who Haley Steinfeld is, I'm, I think they would say she's. A I think musician. of Pitch Perfect. Do you think of? Oh, okay. I which, see. I th- it, which is a bridge between. Yeah, both. it is. <laughs> well, have you ever seen Edge of Seventeen? Watch that movie. Yeah, that movie yeah. is great with yeah. Woody Harrelson, yep. and yeah, that's a great movie too. But anyway, acting chops. She's got them. She, yeah, great, great role for her to be into with her um, personality. And then another uh, one of uh, film junkies with Griffin Trey's 
favorite actors, mm-hmm. Mahershala Ali. Yeah, my boy, um, Mahershala. He's, he's, um, he's Miles Morales's uncle. Uncle Aaron. Um, uncle Aaron, yes. And uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, not a whole lot of people know that name off the top of their head, uh, but he yeah. uh, acts in another TV show that is with one of my favorites, Donald Glover. Uh, mm-hmm. He is in the show Atlanta. I can't remember exactly what the name of his character is, but he's the main rapper yeah. in the show Atlanta. That's an incredible show. Oh, yeah, it check that plays out. plays into Trey's uh, statement last episode about how Donald Glover is one of the most talented uh, yeah. people of our generation. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, he's in there. Mahershala Ali, John Mulaney, the comedian. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Plays Spider-Ham, yeah. Uh, actually, Lee Schreiber, uh, who's an incredibly famous guy from Ray Donovan. He's been a lot of stuff. He plays the... He's, he seems like he's the bad guy in everything. And he is the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> so he's kind of typecast. Um, and then also, I want to throw in a little thing here from last episode, talking about uh, pop star Never Stop Never Stopping. Ever. Don't even think about it. Um from the guys that were in that film from Lonely Island, Jorma Tacone was one of them. He actually is in this movie. He voices the Green Goblin. Doesn't have a bunch of lines, but yeah, I just thought we should throw that I in there. Since we talked I didn't even movie. know that. Yeah. I want to say one of the casting roles that actually angers me. Oh. An- yeah, it angers me. So, obviously... Chris visually frustrated right yes, now. Yes, my brow is furrowed. Is that is that the right... <laughs> I'd so, say that okay. accurately describes right. what your brow looks like. <laughs> um, so the main character is Miles Morales. Yeah. The voice of Miss Castelleros is voiced by Natalie Morales. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's a that's a just deep... make her just just make her a cousin. Or that's something a deep like that. tie there. Yeah. No. It's um, it's speaking of sorry deep stretch ties as far as uh, casting in this give you one here so nick cage oh yeah nick i mean yeah nick cage plays spider-man noir but um i was gonna say so the soundtrack to this movie is incredible i want to talk about that a little bit later but one of the title songs is sunflower uh which is made by post malone yep so do you so the part in the film right when the the multiverse first does its flip and they go through the city and show all the things changing. And then, like, there's a light post that, like, flips up and does all this crazy light stuff. And there's I two think guys. It's a Banksy. That's Post Malone that says that. Oh, is it actually? <laughs> yeah, it's Post Malone that says, I oh think it's God. Banksy. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, it's him that says it. Oh, yeah. Man. I. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny that, that was, you. That, that was not planned yeah. whatsoever. To anybody that's listening to this, that was not planned. Yeah, that was Post Malone that says that line in there. And they gave him, because he did so much for the movie and everything, they gave him a little cameo and he said, I think it's a Banksy, which is an incredible, like, pop culture yeah, that's a meta reference, reference that, it's like. So many levels of meta on Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. And I just want to tell you that that was Post Malone because I thought that was so cool that he had that. That is um, hilarious. Yeah. And so, I mean, this movie is super deep on the cast who we have. Obviously we have um, a cameo as our, all Marvel movies do with Stan Lee. Um, this rest in peace. This was actually, <laughs> this is actually his final voice acting cameo before he passed away. Um, so voice the, acting. Do we know if he makes a cameo in uh, Captain Marvel? Yeah, he was in Captain Marvel. He does. So mm-hmm. it's it, Captain Marvel's probably his last one then. Unless I think it might be. Unless you think, they you think find they some just, kind of archival yeah, footage. Yeah, I was going to say they might yeah. have something. I mean CGI these yeah, days. They probably they could. Well, I mean they did it with uh what's his face? Uh Oh, Chris Paul Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah. yeah. Uh but so this film was actually also like I mentioned earlier dedicated to uh Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh who was the they were both the co-creators of Spider-Man and they both actually passed away last year. Um, before the film finished production. Uh, and so it was a an, an very cool and powerful scene to have to show him because the film came out, um, I believe, post-mortem. For, or no, I think it came out before Stan Lee passed away, but at least for Steve Ditko, it was before he passed away. I, or after yeah, he I, passed I, away. I, I, I but um, Stan actually doesn't just have this one scene that you see him on screen. Uh, clearly, he has lines and everything. He actually appears throughout the film, uh, and that was something I learned from listening to the commentary, was so many of the animators involved in this movie wanted to have a part in animating Stanley into the film that that they ended up putting in different kind of Easter egg sightings of him. 
Uh, so there's a scene where Miles ends up falling down onto the sidewalk in the middle of New York City, and people just start keep walking over him and around him. Stan Lee actually is shown as one of the people walking over him. Um, and See, then... the thing is, I've watched this movie three or four times now, um, <laughs> and I don't even notice those things. Like, I'm still, right. I'm looking for stuff like that, and I didn't notice that. Yeah, and that's, well... Watch it with commentary. Oh, I guess, yeah, <laughs> they I guess. break it down. Um, but in and along with that, he actually so there's actually a noticeable amount of trains in this movie. Not that it's a, a hidden theme it's in, or anything. It's in Brooklyn. But yeah, you're in New York. So every time that there's a train going by, if you pause it, you'll find Stan Lee animated onto that train in almost every single train in the movie. So he's in this movie so many times. But that, you don't know unless someone makes told me you that. Think because at one point during the collider um, the train, when the train goes through, yeah, I was he, looking for it. Is he on there? I don't, someone, I think you would literally have to have someone write down exactly the seconds when they show up yeah. because it's, this is a fast paced movie. And, like, and that, that was one of the things that I wanted to say about the animation and stuff like that. The end fight scenes of this are pretty intense. Oh yeah. Not like in a bad way, but like they're fast paced. They're intense. Yeah. Kind of get the heart moving a little bit. I cannot imagine how hard it must have been to animate that stuff. Exactly. No, I agree with you. And that's part of the reason why they got such high accolades for this movie. I mean, it was uh, nominated and won the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature this year. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. so. I saw all the other, as we, <laughs> we've talked about, I saw all the other nominees, and usually Pixar cleans up in that category. But And speaking of that, this was actually, uh, this year was the first, uh, year since Rango in 2011 that a non-Disney or Pixar film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Movie, um, which is that's that's a great attribute to Pixar and Disney. <laughs> but um, so that, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive, and and this film, like we said, definitely deserved it. Um, I think more so because the message behind it was incredible. I mean, we see the first. Yeah, you know, I I, I we've talked a lot about. Um the animation and the soundtrack and stuff like that. Right. Uh, maybe not. We haven't talked that much about the soundtrack yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> um, but we've talked a lot about the animation. Even just the content of the film is pretty impressive. It is. Yeah. It's um, something. So uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who are two of the kind of co-creators conceptualizing this idea, they said they had a goal for the movie and their quote was, uh, they wanted to inspire young people to become heroes, inspire grown-ups to help them do it, and remind us all that you don't need to be bit by a radioactive spider to do your part. You are powerful, and we are counting on you. Oh, it's so cheesy. But yeah. But I mean, also, I get it. I wanted to say and their their acceptance speech at the Oscars was, like, incredible. Like, they, they said really, that having they, someone, when you see that film open up, that's what I want to mention, was, like, this is one of the first Spider-Man, or not Spider-Man, but... I mean, it is the first Spider-Man movie to show, like, um, multicultural uh, characters in it, um, but one of the first Marvel movies yeah, aside Miles from, like, Morales. Black Panther, but, like, you're yeah. seeing Miles Mor- Morales is mixed. is mixed, his mom is Latina, his dad is black, um, and you see those kind of different cultures in there, and they said in their acceptance speech that they love to be able to provide the opportunity for young kids and families to go into a movie theater and see a superhero on screen and be like, hey, he looks like me. Or, you know, that's something that we do at our house. And it's showing these different cultures that normally aren't portrayed on the big screen and giving that opportunity. And um, there's so much in this film to talk about that's incredible. And uh, that's definitely one of the big, bigger facets of the movie. Yeah, and I think that it's a great, um, not only like a great film for adults to just go see and just see how cool it is, but it is a great kids movie just to... Definitely, yeah. You know, show the the growth and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the line is, um, but it's like you, you have to, you know, how will I know when I'm ready? Uh, it's a leap of faith or something right. like that. Yep. I think that that's obviously a fantastic mantra in any facet of life. Oh, definitely. Um, you're never going to really know that you're ready until you just do it. Nike. <laughs> No, I agree with you, though, but, Trey. But, this, I, I mean... This film I, I definitely think... does have a lot of powerful messages to it, and they display them very well. There's there's a lot of time. I mean, to be cheesy, like, it's a multiverse film. There's a lot of times that, like, films have these kind of, like, different timelines or multi, 
multiple universes that they try to draw together um, and they don't make sense because they don't tie them well enough or they, they have a lot of different themes that they want to show that don't go very well when it comes out in the end. Yeah. This film does everything it sets out to do. I, I don't think that there's any really divergence um, in the fact that this is a multi-universe film. Yeah. Um, and they all kind of just come together because they're all the, the it, at the core of it, they're all the same thing. They're all Spider-Man. They're all these... Um, there's there's a scene where uh, somebody somebody dies and uh, Miles Morales uh, takes it very hard and he's like, you guys don't know what I'm going through. And they're like, no, we might be the only people in the world that exactly. do know what you're going through. Yeah. And, you know, uh, <laughs> what is it? Spider-Pig. Uh, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham, sorry. Spider Ham says, movie. "Sorry, <laughs> Spider Ham says something along the lines of like the hardest part of this job is realizing that you can't save everybody, right? And it's like, whoa, man, this is John a Mulaney. Kid. I, left this, I was like, first off, John Mulaney, hilarious. Didn't think you could drop a heavy line like that. Second, <laughs> you're a animated spider pig in this film. Which funny, he was bitten by a radioactive pig." He was a radioactive spider and was bitten by radio. Or he was a spider, got bitten by a radioactive pig and was turned into a spider. And okay, a pig. whatever, so, whatever. Just super weird. Sorry to take you off of that, but, but yeah, where was I going? Because that was, but okay, whatever. Oh man, sorry. Trey. Just, just uh, yeah, you derailed me completely. Um, just like. This is to a show kid's, in a kids movie yeah, that like you can have these there's deep this, things, this depth yeah. of this film, yeah, and like even the togetherness of it all is like really heartwarming, yeah. Even through a death sequence, like there's, yeah, I think it was rightfully so that they chose to ch- use so many different levels of animation because there's so many levels to this film from a plot Ooh, standpoint. Hey, if there's anybody in college that's looking to write a paper, that's hey, a really good one. There you go. Into the Spider-Verse. That's that's an and A I, right there. Yeah, I think that this this is a much better film um than anybody gives it Toby credit. Maguire did <laughs> for Spider-Man. <laughs> what are you talking about? James Franco was in 1 and 2. James Franco like you said in, I think, our first episode, James Franco does one for the people and a million for nobody. But in all seriousness, uh, as far as a million for nobody and one for everyone, uh, this film, like I mentioned earlier, definitely has a lot of Easter eggs that are for diehard fans of this franchise of Marvel like we are. And I've got a couple of them, or, or even from you know pop culture things. There's actually when he uh, swings through... Uh, the city and in his actual dorm room, uh, he has a poster of what's Chance. supposed to be Chance the Rapper, but Chance. he has a number four hat. And then also in the city, there is a movie poster for a film with Seth Rogen where I he's sitting on a horse and it says, Hold Your Horses, <laughs> starring Seth Rogen. Like, oh, why? I, did, I didn't see the Seth Rogen part, but I saw it and I was like, that looked like it was a poster for a Seth Rogen. Yeah, movie. it was Seth Rogen so on a horse, was- a movie called Hold Your Horses. Um, they actually had another sign in there, too, that was in reference to um, uh, a Netflix special that John Mulaney had, which another... Kid Gorgeous? No, with uh, Nick Kroll. It's called, like, Oh Hi, or... Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. They had something called, like, That's Hi There, Hey if, There, or something uh, like if, that. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check that out. It is a two-man Broadway... Uh, two-man off-Broadway play, <laughs> and they are hysterical. Um, Those I, guys being the um, co-creators and stars of Big Mouth as well on Netflix, which is yes, an incredibly, and, uh, j- I, I know an incredibly that, good film. So, oh, we love watching Big Mouth on Netflix. That's actually pretty decent. That was pretty good. Thanks, sure. Um, I will say that Nick Kroll's TV show, The Kroll Show, might not have, not as good. might not have done the best, but those two in this show together are hysterical. Yeah. Um, but moving to the uh, the top um, Easter egg for me in this film, Trey, that I told you earlier, I, I didn't tell Trey before we recorded this because I wanted him to actually hear me say this. So remember what you mentioned at the beginning of this about um, Donald Glover, how we were talking about him, mm-hmm. and 
So there was a campaign back in like 2010 to try yeah, and they get wanted him to play him to be the the new Spider-Man instead it was a, of it was Andrew a, Garfield. It was a Twitter fueled thing. It was like yeah. uh, Donald Glover for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and they I actually they I, actually played into it because he was on Community at the time. Yes. And they yeah. had an episode. Well, it, it was something along the lines of uh, they wanted a black spider-man or you know logic the f- logic the rapper made a song called black spider-man yeah, where he yeah. shouts out donald glover and said he thought they should have picked him and and i i me too yeah <laughs> well yeah i i think uh everybody kind of got on board with it um and then it even happen. donald glover did yeah. and then it didn't happen but all right try strap let's in hear. let's hear so in the scene where miles first visits his uncle aaron's apartment Mm-hmm. smacks his face on the window and then he comes in he's sitting on the couch yeah it flips to a shot where you're essentially the camera is like at the sink in aaron's apartment you're seeing him like wash dishes or doing something on the counter get the popcorn ready or whatever yeah. it is yeah yeah and then it flashes and the camera pans and you see miles sitting on the couch and then aaron's at the counter and you can see his tv there his tv has an animated version of season two, episode one of Community, <laughs> Anthropology 101, with the beginning of the episode where Donald Glover's character gets out of bed wearing Spider-Man pajamas on that TV. Dude, <laughs> yeah, yo, I swear, to, and it's You're on there. It's on me. the screen long enough to like notice that it's happening, and that if you, yeah. And in the commentary, Dude. when I watched the commentary of the movie, they said they specifically put that in there because they're a big fan of Donald Glover's and they love the fact that he's like now actually getting into the Spider-Man Homecoming because he plays actually Aaron's character, like Miles' uncle, uh, in that film. But yeah, they wanted to put him in there because they were supportive of him being oh Spider-Man. Oh gosh, that's huge. <laughs> Isn't that the, crazy, The craziest dude? thing about this right now, even, even outside of that completely... I am watching Community on Are you? Hulu. I swear Good, to God. Good, dude. I love I that show. I just watched Anthropology 101 <laughs> yesterday. Wow. Dude. <laughs> there you go. Just yeah. mind exploding yep. to me. And now that's one. That's why I want to say about my spoilers. If you're oh. watching the movie, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you want to go back and watch it again, like you'll you'll notice that now. And it's just an, another layer to the film oh, that makes now, it. I, I've already <laughs> seen this a handful of times, and now i got to go watch it again. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that's like, my favorite, like, hidden layer from there. Because that's, like, that's... That's a lot of layers deep. <laughs> like, 100%. you have to know a lot about pop culture to get yeah. that reference. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they've got so much dedication in this movie, and that's why we do this podcast, to bring out those things. Um, I mean, my brother <laughs> mentioned us on, or, or uh, commented on one of our videos, I think, on Instagram, and said that we always have the facts, and it's like, that's one of the things that we love and why we wanted to do this podcast is to show people because those facts a lot of times aren't things that people knew until we're going to point them out to you. And so going from that standpoint, especially in this movie, there's so many layers of things that you don't know until someone like Trey or I points it out to you. And from an audio standpoint, this movie crushes it as far as the soundtrack and the actual um, different auditory the score from the score perspective. So Daniel Pemberton uh, is the person who directed or created the score for this this film. He had an eighty piece orchestra at one point. Worked with def- different you know booths, different musicians. Um, tried to follow that ambitious lead of the Spider Verse animation by developing an equally intricate score. So after all the musical elements had been recorded for this film. He re-recorded those or dispersed them, created them onto vinyl records, and then got a DMC World Scratch Champion DJ to re-scratch the score that he created on the vinyl and then put that back into the film. So So if you're watching the movie and there's different chase scenes and things like he switches up and turns, you hear scratches, (laughs) just know like... They went through so many different layers. They created that with an 80-piece orchestra, recorded it all, put it out on vinyl, and then got a DJ to scratch over it and then remix that back into the movie. And just like, to, uh, I mean, obviously that is absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Like, just just the, the dedication of that is 
unmatched because mm-hmm. um, most people would just make it and be like, all right, here it is. But <laughs> Or use a sound effect to make or, that. Or something, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, uh, Daniel Pemberton, he's got kind of a illustrious career. Um, Tell me about it. Uh, he's he's done some pretty decent things from, you know, 2011 he did Awakening. Awakening, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, The Counselor. I don't know okay. if you know that one. I don't know if I do. Brad Pitt. Uh, oh, yep. Um, then it moves a little bit uh, to the Man from Uncle. So as you can see, I love are, that movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. But these are uh, movies that are a little bit higher paced, mm-hmm. but at the same time have a really cool, like unique kind of vibe take yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have Gold with Matthew McConaughey. Mm, that's a good movie. And then uh, Ocean's Eight in 2018. Interesting. So and then right after he's that, he's definitely like a so like I mean, unique he's got, guy. He's got his own kind of and there's there's a lot of other ones. And he, he did Steve Jobs too. Oh okay, Steve wow. Jobs. Uh, the the not um, the one with Seth Rogen. Yeah, that actually yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I mean that's like. That's not a normal just progression of like all action movies and stuff like that. Right. Or like, yeah. you know, he didn't do like the Bourne trilogy. Like right. he's got stuff in there that's like it eases its way into the action. Right. And I can definitely see where that played into into the Spider Verse. Learning yeah, watching the commentary and hearing the guys on there talk about him just made me kind of realize the different attributes that he added to this film. So for example, Oh, dude, uh, he's even done... He did an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, which sweet. That, I that love makes Black sense. Mirror. Yeah, like it does that, for his all style. Of that, all of that makes sense. Um, But I was going to say, so with uh, Prowler, who is uh, one of the villains in this film, who something comes... I don't want to give away that spoiler, yeah, but something comes out about who he is. Um, he kind of has a signature siren noise that comes on... Uh, as he's like in pursuit of somebody or when he kind of shows up in a scene, he has this, like the, the music changes to show that he's kind of in pursuit of someone. So Daniel Pemberton actually used the sound of an elephant as the base for that noise, which is, I did not realize. That. Yeah. And so he said, according to the, you know, himself, he wanted to make the noise frightening, but also have a sense of sadness. And so he just like to have that kind of like thought to be like, mm, uh, I think, an elephant sound elephant. would be great for the base of this. I mean, and if you listen back to it, I, you can hear that it well, could I guess have been an elephant. I, the only thing that I'm thinking of is, like, the original sound of Chewbacca. Yeah. Wasn't that just, dogs. like, a mix of, like... It was, like, dogs dog, and... Uh, uh, sea lion yeah, or something, something like that. that. Yep. Like, that's the only thing that I can think of where it's, like, oh, it was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a whole section. I went to the DIA, um, and they had a world of star wars uh huge exhibit for a while that was like all the costumes and whatnot they had a whole section dedicated to the creation of the sound of chewbacca and that character so i uh oh man this is already the like third or fourth time i've mentioned being at a bar (laughs) um but i was uh i was at this bar and they did trivia and it was kind of like a i think it was like geeks that do trivia or some geek trivia like that's what that's what it was called i'm not just being mean (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, they they did this one segment and it was Disney movies where Chewbacca sang the lyrics of it. So you, Oh, basically, I can hear it now. (laughs) Basically you just had to pick out the, the movie that the song came from. Like it was like under the sea or something like that. And it was just the, (laughs) like (laughs) that wasn't even very good. I'm, I'm better than that. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Yeah, nah, uh, kind of looked the part. Uh, yeah, kind of shave. <laughs> For the record, Trey can't grow. A beard. I can't at all. I can't. <laughs> I can grow a pretty decent flesh-colored mustache. It's called my flesh stash. Okay. And one of our sponsors, <laughs> Just for Men, for Trey. <laughs> uh, I want to say though, actually, I I without planning started something last episode that listening back to it, I, I kind of want to add to um, our podcast going forward. I think it's something that would be a really cool kind of um, helpful tip for you guys, I guess, or a synopsis of our thoughts. How last episode, Trey, I asked you to kind of give us a a soundbite of, of why this movie is something that you really enjoy. Um, 
what do you think for for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? I mean, I know when you first showed up here before we started recording, you said it's it's one of your favorite movies now after seeing that. Um, yeah, at least know. for the time being. After watching that movie, after us talking about it, you know, maybe learning some new Easter eggs that you didn't know about before we started recording and and the impact the film had on you, you know, how would you say this film makes an impact on you or what would you say about it that would kind of get people to want to watch it? I think that this is a film that um, a lot of people don't give it the credit that it deserves. It has so many diverse layers to it, Mm -hmm. which we've talked about, um, that you don't even realize until you listen to a podcast or read in-depth articles about it. But even beside the layers of it, this tells a really, you know, tells a time old story, uh, you know, of Spider-Man, but in a new twist. Um, it's something we've seen before and never seen before. Yeah, that's exactly time. that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Is that this this film is unmatched in the fact that, you know, you're watching the same movie, but you are definitely not watching the same movie. Right. The animation, you're you're not gonna see that unless it's this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um the music is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The story is something that anybody that that can imagine a story can get on board with right um i just I think i think that we've been put in this it's not a trap but like there's this cycle where like people just determine at this point since this is a superhero movie that like nah i don't like superhero movies i'm not gonna watch it there's so many other layers to this story to the characters, just essentially to the essence of this movie that make it into something that surpasses the fact that it's about a superhero. Like there, there's a great story being told here. And that's why I really pushed and want, not that I had to push Trey at all to get this, get us to talk about this, but why I really wanted to talk about this film on the podcast, because I think that it is one of those films that I will endlessly recommend to people like it regardless of what your thoughts are oscar recap yeah i was like this is one that everyone should go see uh regardless uh you know even any any age adult should go see this there's just so so much to unpack there's a little bit for everybody um you you really can't be mad at this movie Mm -hmm. um the only thing that i'm mad about in this movie (laughs) (laughs) seamless transition right is the name. I said this uh, to Griff before. I think mm-hmm. that the name kind of uh, almost insinuates that there is more to this franchise already, even though this is the introductory movie into this comic book yeah. world of Spider-Man instead of the real life, yeah, real yeah. life, <laughs> live action Spider-Man um, right. that, you know, Tobey Maguire... Uh, Andrew Garfield, Tom Hollander in, um, into the Spider-Verse kind of almost makes it sound like it's, you know, Spider-Man far from home. Right. Yeah. So like it's, I mean, it does to, from a grammatical standpoint or a sentence structure standpoint saying into does, does kind of argue that it's the first, but but I I agree with you. Usually what happens with a film that you can see, because they've all but confirmed that they're making a second one of this that'll focus more on the romantic aspect of it. And in the end credit scene, we saw um, Spider-Man 2099, who is voiced by Oscar Isaac, who is Poe DeMarion. Shout and out Star, Star Wars. Wars. Right? Um, and so you, you can't give us that and not give us more Spider-Man in this in this genre. So, Which, that's actually something that I, I wanted to bring up, too. Um, there is a post-credit scene in this. There is. Every single Marvel movie has a post-credit scene that leads into the next Marvel movie. Right. Um, some of them are stupid. Some of them are funny. Uh, Deadpool, in the first Deadpool, is basically just Ferris Bueller's day off. Yep. <laughs> He's saying, "There's no uh, after credits here. Go home. Go home. Go, what are you doing? What are you still doing here?" And He's in a robe in the shower or whatever. Um, <laughs> but they're. There, there is one in this, and it and gives a very important part of what can play into the next one. That there's a device that 
Oscar Isaac's character, Spider-Man 2099, from Nueva York, which also gives another multiverse in which it's a Latino-based or Latino-based uh, multiverse there. He has a device that has been successfully shown in that post-credit scene to be able to allow him to jump different timelines. Well, and we got to talk about the fact that the spider that bit Miles yep. had some weird stuff going on when he went back to touch if, it. If you didn't notice that, so there's been there was a few scenes throughout the film in which the spider people from different multiverses have these kind of like shakes where you see their body this glitch yeah yeah, where their body kind of physically alters and that is kind of their mark that they're not from that universe or that timeline when miles gets bit by that uh spider it's it's awesome because it's like an anticlimactic like scene that happens yeah you're just waiting for it and then he smacks smacks it and walks away but he comes back later and sees it and he goes up to try and touch it and it has that same glitch which like i just said shows that he's from a different timeline which means that spider came from somewhere else we don't know where and that's something that could could be impacted as well good could have been sent for bad exactly been sent by uh spider-man 2099 could have been sent by somebody else could have been meant for miles could have been meant for somebody else this movie is much much. like ogres it has layers god i hate that (laughs) cakes have layers Everybody love cake. Parfait, dude. Parfait. You ever met anybody say you want a parfait? Say, heck no, I don't want a parfait. You do a terrible Eddie Murphy. I that wasn't my Eddie Murphy. That was my uh that was my guy who isn't good at impersonating Eddie Murphy, impersonating Eddie Murphy. Okay. Oh, next time we'll unpack with the uh the Eddie Murphy. That was into the Murphy verse. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, it's time to go. And now uh, we have given you as much as we can on this film, and if you're not yeah, without, convinced without that we love a, it, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, we 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 did give some spoilers in a sense that you know we wanted to tell you some some cool facts about the film and yeah. some cool uh, some Easter, Easter eggs, eggs to look that, for. Yeah. But I don't think that we actually spoiled the plot of the film completely. No. I would say that. But I mean, you know, if you stopped it after I said that there were spoilers and then listened to this after, then okay. Inception. Maybe I didn't think that one through. Trey's brain hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I mean, we, we gave you our thoughts, our opinions. I gave you some facts. We gave you some insight onto how to be a nerd when it comes to Marvel movies. Yeah, we are, we are huge nerds when it comes to this. <laughs> and Trey, do you have anything else for the people? No, I just want to say go out and watch this. It's uh, this is like yeah. one of those films, and I don't I don't say this very often, but like go out and buy it. Yeah, like it's Own worth it, it. because you, if, you if, will if any time the internet more. goes down and you can't stream it, this yeah. is one you want a hard copy of. Yeah, this is one that you will. This one you watch can live off of in your bunker. Time. Yeah, there's so much in it. <laughs> All right. All right. That's what I've got. Uh, my last thing I want to point out is this is the first episode. Uh, where I didn't use my signature catchphrase, so oh, I, didn't, I didn't even I didn't notice say it, it at all. <laughs> I, I have, I've been waiting for it, I, but I didn't. Notice I've deprived it. Trey and our viewers I'm, of. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Trey. I'm proud of you. All right, we will see you next week on yeah. Film Junkies with, with Griff and Trey. Trey.